I want to share with you my enthusiasm about Nomad, the second season of Megalobox. It goes from a decent underdog story in season 1 and then ramps everything up to a 10 out of 10. The characters, the world, the themes, the directing, everything about the second season is so phenomenal that I think it's one of the best second seasons that any anime has ever received, ever. To give a no spoiler overview, the story follows Joe, a boxer who in the first season rose from the gutter to become a champion. Season 2 kicks off with our protagonist below the bottom. He's put through a journey to find forgiveness, to overcome grief and fight addiction, to protect others and re-find his purpose in life, and finally to take the journey towards rebuilding both his home and family. Nomad is a story built around boxing, and like any good boxing story, there are a bunch of super hype fights that bring up the adrenaline and keep the excitement pumping, but it also delivers on so much more than just hype scenes. All of the characters in Megalobox 2 feel so real, so grounded, and all of the actions they take have genuine consequences to them. The show itself covers several themes, and a bunch of them you almost never see in anime. It covers drug addiction, it covers brain injury, it covers migration, discrimination. It takes you through the journey of people who are constantly repeating mistakes of themselves and others and shows the path from immaturity to maturity. One of the things that makes Nomad so great is the real human experience that comes along with the story. You don't have black and white characters who are all good and all evil. Instead, the people feel like real human beings. There's a hypocrisy that comes along with being a human. There's the repetition of mistakes over and over again. And then there's the hard hitting consequences that come from these mistakes. And then from these consequences, you get real felt and earned character growth. People move from immaturity into maturity. People seek forgiveness from those who they've wronged and people stop making the same mistakes that they've been making for their entire lives. This series is like one brilliantly executed train of character development where the main characters, the side characters, and even the background characters feel like real people. They're fleshed out through these small scenes that give so much detail and add so much depth of character. The series delivers three distinct but all very interconnected story arcs within only 13 episodes, and every single one of these story arcs is masterfully done. I have honestly not seen another show put together so many different narrative elements in such a clear and beautiful way in such a short amount of episodes. You couple that with the unique animation style, a fucking brilliant soundtrack, and S-tier directing and cinematography, and there you get Nomad Megalobox 2. So now with the spoiler-free element out of the way, I'm going to deep dive into some of these elements. I want to start off by talking about the repetition of mistakes. It's a core theme of Nomad, and it comes up over and over again with Joe, it mirrors Insatio, you see it with a bunch of the other side characters as well. And so let's zoom this out a little bit and talk a bit from like the psychological aspect of it, right? Why do people keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again? Why does Joe, after rising from the bottom, making it to the top, building a family, why when things start to go back, does he instantly regress to his previous? place and even worse he goes back to being a junk boxer he goes onto the sketchy painkillers he kind of throws away everything that he had and goes back to what he had ages ago and i think this comes down to a question of familiarity and what we learn as we're growing up right the joe that we knew from the past the world that he knew was junk boxing fighting for money, destroying your body to make some scraps to stay alive and only caring for yourself. So it makes sense to me that when his world begins to fall apart, what does he do? He goes to what's familiar, he goes to what's comfortable, and what's that for him? Well, it's only keeping myself alive and it's sacrificing my body in the ring for money, even that means I have to be addicted to a sketchy orgy of dodgy painkillers. And one of the great things in Nomad is how well it's able to mirror themes despite its concise runtime, right? So this theme about Joe going back and regressing to what he's grown up with, what he's 
learned and using that as a comfortable solution to his problems, right? He always just learned to fight to solve his problems. We then see a mirror of this in Sachio. Sachio growing up doesn't really have parents, looks up to Joe as a father figure. What does Joe do? What does Joe teach? What does Joe model? Joe shows that if you want to solve your problems, you hop into the ring and you fight them out and you take on the responsibility by yourself and you take decisions by yourself. You don't consult your family. You just go and you fight and you solve things. But then Sachio gets angry at Joe for doing this, right? Sachio goes, Joe is bad because Joe doesn't consult the family. Joe just tries to solve the problems with fighting and then Joe's fighting ends up causing problems for the family. But then Sachio hops into the ring. Sachio starts a bunch of fights. Sachio causes problems for his family. Sachio doesn't consult his family, right? He's doing the exact same thing as Joe. Not because he's stupid, not because he's bad, but it's just because he's a child. It's what was modeled to him. It's what was taught to him because it's what he saw growing up. It's what's comfortable. So in times of distress, people default back to what is comfortable, what they know. And then related to Joe and his traveling and his fighting, his kind of regression to this junk boxer status is something that's really, really interesting. And it's a part of the story that I love. Joe initially is just refusing to fix fights, right? He may have lost everything else, some of it on purpose, some of it his fault, some of it not, but he's refusing to let go of this status as like a boxer, right? He has his pride as a boxer that he's not letting go of. But then the world kind of conspires against him and fixes a fight that he's in anyway. And then he has his whole confrontation with Chief. And so even this last piece of himself that he's desperate trying to hold on to and not trying to let go, it kind of gets snatched away from him anyway. But then we see these mistakes that keep getting made eventually get fixed in the future, right? Because what happens in the future? Joe actually ends up deliberately fixing a fight in the future in order to help his family. And it's something that he picked up and he learned from Chief. When he asked Chief, why do you kind of do this? Or Chief explains to him, right? He goes, I fight for my family. I fight for my home. Isn't that a good enough reason? Let's move into talking about the concept of home a bit more, because it's another one of the key elements of Nomad. We get introduced through Chief to this migrant community. These are people who have completely uprooted their life, moved far across the world, but are trying to set up and establish a new place for their home and for their family. And this isn't easy for them, right? The first thing that's going on with them is a major struggle for just a place to live. And this is the place that Joe kind of gets thrust into in a way, but then chooses to stick to. Because remember, by the time that the community of Casa was fighting for their home, Joe was on his bike and he was going. He chose to turn around and ask to fight alongside Chief. So why did Joe do this, right? Was it like his conversation with Nanbu in his head where he questioned, am I just doing this as a way of seeking forgiveness with myself, right? If I help another person, that makes me a good person, I can forgive myself? No, I don't think that's why he did this. I think that the reason Joe turned around to help Chief fight to establish Chief's home was because if Joe could prove and if Joe could see that if somebody else could fight to establish a home for themselves and for their family, then maybe there was also hope for Joe. Maybe he felt that he could ignite his hope and his dreams if he could first see that the dreams of someone else could be realized. And part of it, I'm sure, is also just out of the fact of gratitude and respect to the person who saved his life. But I do think there is the motivation there for Joe to use Chief's fight as a proxy to ignite his own hope for his own dream for forgiveness and home and family. And then once the first embers of hope have kind of been lit, once the fire has started, then Joe can see the path in front of him to get back to where he needs to be, back to the 
the people who need him back to the home that needs to be rebuilt. And it's really here that's the turning point in the story where Joe will repeat a few of the same mistakes still going forward in the future, but they become less and less, and he's really beginning to mature. He's becoming the full person that he needs to be. Speaking of character depth, I want to take a moment just to touch on some of the side characters. I think the side characters in Nomad are handled exceptionally well. They don't take up too much screen time, but they don't get too little. And the little amounts that they do get are really impactful and deep. They're not just there to say things to move the plot along. They don't just exist to kind of fill up space on the screen in the background, but they get short snippets and scenes that make them feel like a real person with emotions, with depth, with personality, with dreams, all of the things that actually make a human human. I'm thinking here off the top of my head about Mac's wife. She isn't just like this figure piece next to him. She's a full human being who's made choices that she regrets, that she endorses. She did things that she had to do. She cares for her husband and her son. She's put into difficult situations in her past and she only has like 30 seconds of dialogue in total. It gets even better than that though, right? If you think about the mobster that runs the Drunk Muck Underground Fight Club, he gets about two lines of dialogue, but in just a single scene where he's pouring a drink and saluting it to the ghost of Nanbu, he has a personality. He isn't just this one-dimensional shadow on a wall. And I could go on about all the other side characters, right? The people of Casa, Mio's delinquent friends, so many others throughout the story. But the way they're handled in just so short amounts of time, they get fleshed out into being real human beings instead of just blatant caricatures or not even that. And then we get into the theme of legacy, the passing of the torch, the carrying on of dreams. And there's a few of these that are, that are made very, very explicit. Oicho carrying on the legacy of Abuhachi, Mio and the people of Kasa carrying on the legacy and the dreams of Chief. And then we get the main one of the story, which is Joe taking parts of the dreams of Chief and taking parts of his legacy and part of what he stood for and carrying that on with him. He takes his values of family and the drive to rebuild for them and the ability to self-sacrifice for them and do things in consideration of them. And eventually it culminates in the final fight where he takes on his title of real boxer, he dons his gear, but the gear is slightly altered to make sure it includes Joe's own personality and Joe's own style, right? Carrying on legacy doesn't mean mimicry, but it means taking parts of another's ideals, blending them with your own and carrying them into the future. And then again, with the side characters or non-main characters, you have this portrayed, right? with Liu and Yuri carrying on the legacy there. And then the impacts and dreams of other people playing a part, right? It's not just one directional. It's not Chief just influencing Joe. It's Joe influencing Chief. It's Joe influencing Liu. It's Yuri influencing Liu. It's everybody kind of mixing together, right? And you get these elements of dreams being co-opted and merged, as well as legacy being passed on from one generation to the next. It's really, really masterfully done. And then on the themes of carrying on dreams or being inspired by others, this is where kind of one of the main songs of Nomad comes in, El Canto del Colibri, the song that's the outro of the series, but also the first song that we hear Chief singing in Chief's introduction. And it's a story about a nomad who's wandering the desert in search of death, basically. And when he's feeling hopeless, lost, and prepared to die, a hummingbird comes. And the hummingbird sings a song that brings life back to the nomad and brings motivation to live back to the nomad and brings this desire to pursue forward and to keep on moving. And he lets the nomad know that you are still here, you are still alive, and you haven't lost everything. And the hummingbird essentially teaches the nomad that not everything is gone and with what you have, you can still push forward and make a new. And instantly, right, your mind will go to, well, obviously the nomad here is Joe, the hummingbird is chief, and that's very, very true. 
but simultaneously you can flip this around where Chief and the migrant community and the average Joes of the world are the nomads who often walk through a desert of hopelessness and despair and Joe himself winning the first Megalobox tournament was that hummingbird, was the light that urged them to push forward. The song is just beautiful and it's part of an overall fucking sick soundtrack. I absolutely love the soundtrack of this series. I've linked my favorite three tracks from it in the description and if you're a fan of this type of music I would give those a listen. You probably already have but you can tell me what your favorites from the soundtrack are as well. I think the last part that I wanted to talk about before this video goes for half an hour is impact. Every of the story feels just incredibly impactful and I think it's due to the heavy hitting nature of the consequences and how hard and often the consequences hit because we get this episode one episode one we get Joe addicted to painkillers we get Joe being destroyed a couple episodes later we get who everyone thought was going to be the new main character dying then we get Liu getting fucked up and basically almost dying and then we get red flag and death flag after death flag for Joe building up to the final fight we get these crazy mental breakdowns with Mac and a bunch of death flags for him everything seems so consequential and impactful and it seems like plot armor isn't real that puts you on the edge of your seat as you're watching the story it makes the story gripping it's not like ah, i know what's gonna happen everyone's gonna be fine happy ending after all like no that's like in question the entire time but it also doesn't feel cheap it's not like people are just being killed off for the hell of it right no everything feels either earned or deserved in this show and I think that's it's just masterful story writing. I love it so, 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 so much. So those are my thoughts on Nomad. I think if you haven't watched it, go and watch it. It is so good. If you have any suggestions for shows that you think I might watch or enjoy watching, drop them down in the comments and I'll check them out. I stream occasionally, so come drop by my Twitch. And if you want to see some more anime content, drop a sub and YouTube may recommend it to you in the future. Thanks for watching, guys. Bye.